Today is October 1st, 2020. This is episode 40 of Back to Normal, so let's get started. Okay, long-time listeners to this show will know that every 10 episodes, I do a very special personal episode, and it is episode 40, which is a multiple of 10. So this episode is going to be my fourth personal episode, and these episodes have had a theme so far, so they've delved into one aspect of my personality or something about me, and in this episode, in light of yesterday's debate episode, which is a great listen, if I do say so myself, um, I think you can feel the palpable frustration that I had. Um, I want to talk about politics and my own personal politics specifically. Um, so this is not really like I'm going to do kind of a comparison to um, the Canadian political spectrum, but um, in the most part, this is politics in the sense of like policies that I think advance society um, or not, as the case kind of can be with certain ideologies. Um, I think I think if you've listened to most of my episodes or really any of them, you can probably guess what my politics are. With some, um, with some probable consistency, but I will say that um, I don't tend to define myself by what any political party thinks or has a policy of. Um, I tend to take things idea by idea or policy by policy and come to my own conclusions. Um, so I will say that there's a big distinction between my um, personal brand of politics being a big L liberal versus a little L liberal. And I would say that I am certainly not a big L liberal, um, but very much a small L liberal. Um, the Liberal Party in Canada is not particularly far left leaning. And I find my own personal politics to be quite left leaning. Uh, not to say that some of the things that Liberal Party in Canada has proposed over the last, I guess, like five or six years, have not been pretty progressive because they have. Uh, but in general, I find it mostly to be kind of boring and center stuff, trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator. We, I wish Canada had a more diverse actual political spectrum with multiple political parties because we basically have a two-party system with like chaos thrown into the ring. Um, yeah, we every so often, if, if we had a vote, voting system that wasn't just first past the post i think our our elections would be a lot more interesting and, and our politics would be a lot more nuanced but um we tend to have one main liberal party and one main conservative party which is the left and the right respectively and then we will get offshoots of those parties as um that party becomes kind of discontented with itself starts infighting and deciding on whether to go even further to the left or right or whatever and so we'll get offshoots and then we'll get the parties reglomming together and in the end right now our current system in terms of main political parties we have the conservative party which i think used to be at the national level used to be called progressive conservatives but i i don't maybe they are progressive conservatives anyways the term progressive conservative is meaningless because the policies that they tend to propose are not progressive in any way. Uh, it's just the name. And uh, <laughs> yeah, the Conservative Party, it's just that. With no progressive, is much more accurate depiction of, of their actual policy positions. And then there is the Liberal Party, which again, 
is not really particularly liberal. It's much more central. Um, it is it is to the left of center, but not by very much. And there's and then there's the New Democratic Party, which has been around for quite a while. Um, and on a national level, they have um, they have done pretty well at in some elections, but because they are further to the left of center than liberals, um, they are seen technically, I think, by a lot of people as an, as a more extreme choice. And so people only vote for the NDP when they are really fed up with the liberals for the most part, like that that kind of center block, um, center left block. And so because those two groups are both to, to the left, they can govern together in general. They generally have the support if they wanted to work together on something that they could do it. Um, but because they are not united and have never been particularly aligned in, in general, they've been aligned on specific issues, but they've never been aligned in general. Uh, we've been able to flip-flop between conservative majority, liberal majority, conservative majority, liberal majority. And yeah, I, it just, it's just annoying. Um, honestly, if, if the NDP and liberals combined into one party, as stupid as that would be, um, just because, just because the way first past the post works, if they did that, they would probably have majorities for a long time. And I think it's kind of sad that that doesn't happen because I would rather have a center-left majority um, that's really, really hard to shake than this ping-ponging back and forth between conservative and liberal with this kind of second-string party sometimes going up, sometimes going down, you know, all of that. Um, yeah, so I... And then, yeah, so there's the NDP as well. They're kind of the second party more to the left. And then there's the Green Party, which I'm going to list them just in order of importance to the country. <laughs> Because I have missed one by um, by number of seats in the House so far. Um, but the Green Party, it tends to be, again, even, probably even more left-leaning than the NDP. But uh, they do not have a lot of support. And so they are, they are starting to get a couple seats here and there in elections. But not really enough to do much of anything. And they're mostly just advocating. There, there was an article I read the other day. Um, talking about how the Green Party has this opportunity here with a minority government um, to be able to kind of direct policy just by putting out these blue sky, like almost like white papers, like policy positions, um, and just seeing which parties they can get to to take them. And uh, I think that's interesting, but I I like they're not going to see success in the political mainstream in Canada for a while, uh, which is kind of too bad because uh, I would probably vote for them if they were more popular, which I'll get to in a minute. And finally, of the Bloc Québécois, which is not actually a national political party, but very much a regional political party that happens to run on the national stage. So the Bloc Québécois is a political party that represents the interests of Quebec and Quebec only. Um, I don't know really how this is even like, I understand that they kind of have to allow it, but it's such a weird thing. And I wish they would just stop, honestly. Like, you have positions. We all, Everybody has positions that favor their own province, but it's like this this one province, it's like this rogue province that has tried to separate, um, kind of brings, like muddies up national politics for no reason. Um, it's not like if, it's not like the other political parties, like there was a time, I forget which election it was, if it was 2015, there was a time where a bunch of the bloc just got annoyed with the bloc, Quebecois, like that all those voters just decided, okay, we're going to vote. NDP this time. And the NDP took a bunch of seats away from the Bloc Québécois, but they still didn't win. 
And so the next election, it all went back. The NDP lost a bunch of seats and the Black Quebecois got them all back in Quebec. And like, that's just how it goes in, in Quebec, because that's, you either have your, your views represented by this party that only looks out for Quebec, or you have your views represented by like the liberals do fairly well there. The conservatives do okay in some places. And, uh, yeah, the NDP seems to be the closest the bloc has to um, a political party that they would support en masse, but they don't do it all at the same time. And so it doesn't really do anything. Um, yeah. So in terms of actual policies, um, it's easier, I, I think, to form an opinion based on what the party you support does or says. So a lot of people, I think, have their own personal politics, especially people who aren't that interested in politics will look at what the party that they voted for does or that they plan to vote for does and say, I agree with that. Um, I, I have done that in the past, I'm sure, and that you could find examples, but I definitely prefer and usually spend the time to kind of see some of the facts of the story for myself and decide um, on my own on a policy position and kind of compare that to where the parties lie. Um, that's one of the reasons that I really like the Canadian, uh, the CBC Vote Compass that they do. It's this project um, I actually did a really in-depth look at this project um, on my website, robattrell.com. Um, for the last election, I did. They asked like a 30-question survey asking if you agree or disagree with various policy positions. Um, and then at the end, based on those answers, they plot you on a graph, on a two-dimensional graph alongside the main political parties, and you get to see where you're most closely aligned with. And it shows you the, the positions of the parties on those issues. And, and I can see that on some things with the liberals, I just really disagree. But for the most part, um, the NDP and Green, I tend to be pretty closely aligned with. Um, yeah, like I said, on any particular issue, I, I tend to pick my own views on it rather than just glomming on to the views of the party, um, which would make me a terrible politician because you just have to kind of pick a party and then go along with it. Um, I also want to say that I don't really necessarily think I have a ton of problems or issues with conservatism as a principle, as a set of principles. Um, there is a good reason why the kind of the status quo or the way things are, are is important. Um, but I think that resisting change just for the sake of resisting change, which seems like it's mostly what conservatism is about, um, is never something that I can really espouse because uh, I don't know, because progressivism isn't progressivism. It's not, it's not change for the sake of change. It's change for the sake of making a better world. And it like, no reasonable person, I don't feel, should actually um, resist change based on that. And I find that in practice, um, as it turns out, a lot of these um, reasons that, that people actually want to keep things the way they are is because they have power in the situation the way it is. And um, yeah, personal philosophies and, and reasons to be conservative tend to do with religion or racism or bigotry anti-immigration sentiment, xenophobia, all like all those um, quasi synonyms. And I just can't get on board with that as a set of policies. I can't, I can't get on board the whole, like North American politics and government is entirely dependent on the alleged separation of church and state, but church and state are not separated whatsoever. They are bedfellows. And e even in liberal circles, they are bedfellows. It's, that's starting to be the case less with liberalism, but conservatism and um, religion are just, they are hand in hand. And I cannot get on board with that as a way to govern. Um, because some people 
just are not, they are very moral, but not religious. And so again, in terms of picking and choosing, I tend to, I don't, I grew up in a, in a relatively religious family. And so a lot of the morals that I have are based in, but like are learned from religion. But if any particular stance that, that a religious group has, like, like Catholics or whatever, um, that, that doesn't mean that I believe that I look at the, what they think and think, well, no, I can't get on board with that for such and such logic, such and such a reason. And I just, yeah, I, I don't really understand that, that stance. And I don't really understand the stance of policing everybody to the same Christian Catholic standards. Um, when there's no, there's no actual logical reason to do that aside from wanting to force your own religious views on other people. Um, yeah, there are people within the conservative party in, in any country that have extremely outdated views. And for some reason, modern conservative parties tend to continue to want to court voters from those groups. And like they're, they're basically religious extremists at this point. Um, the people that I am talking about, like the, the most extreme people um, in the conservative party tend to be religious extremists. There are definitely other kinds of extreme people in, in any political party, but in that, in terms of the conservative political party, that they tend to be the most extreme um, people thinking that anything outside of anything that is a religious is deeply, deeply immoral. And I just can't, I just can't abide by that thought. Um, yeah. There's a set of views that public opinion has clearly shifted on, like just undoubtedly, but the Conservative Party tends to continue to support those points and push them no matter no matter how outdated they're going to seem, or they already seem, but are going to seem even more so in the future. Um, gay marriage being just the key example that comes up in my mind. Um, yeah, public opinion has moved on. We're all totally fine with it. And Conservative Party, especially in the States, not so much in Canada, um, just because it wouldn't, I don't think it would work as well as a as a tactic because that's literally mo most of what conservatism is at this point it's tactics um in the u.s it's still very much open for discussion whether gay people have the right to get married which is just insane um so i will say that a lot of my politics uh, is based on a set of uh, like a set of principles and a process for thinking about things rather than a specific set of things that i believe and will always believe and so as that happens, my beliefs end up not being particularly fundamental to who I am. Um, I will fight for things that I believe. And but that doesn't mean that the individual things are that important to me if something better comes along. And so the thing that's fundamental and important to me is my process of coming to decisions about how I feel on given topics. And um, yeah, coming to these decisions based on evidence based on science, based on just rationality, uh, empathy, putting myself in the shoes of other people. I, that's, that is one of my main political tenets is, is not just thinking about myself, but thinking about others. Because the entire idea of politics is about people. It's about society. It's not just about how I feel about a certain thing. It's how I feel a certain thing is going to affect everybody. And I think I can wrap it up here because that, that last minute or so really sums up and outlines everything about how I feel and who I am when it comes to anything to do with society. Um, yeah, that's that philosophy is is a fundamental part of my being and it tells pretty much everything you need to know about me. Um, 
So I'm going to leave it there for now. I hope you enjoyed this uh, next personal episode. I look forward. I've got kind of a banger planned for the 50th episode because that's an even bigger multiple of 10. So I'm going to leave it there for now. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Rob Attrell. That's A-T-T-R-E-L-L with a Rob in front. And I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.